If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet PlushCare, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, this is Dr. Drew, and you are listening to This Life with Bob Forrest and Dr. Drew. Here we are. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, turn on your iPhones or an Android. Let's not narrow the categories here too much. It's time for the This Life podcast. But that, I could have said that better. And that enthusiastic uh, rendition of Bob Forrest. Trying to in his way. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> boys and girls. I want all this to go to go through. <laughs> yeah, no, you got to leave this in. Yeah, Susan this is, coaching me. Yeah, no, <laughs> this is what's part of the podcast. This is Mike Catherwood. He, of course, is my co-host on Loveline and our KBC radio show. And we worked together a long time. We people responded very positively to the Chris Cornell conversation we had. Uh, I was very, I was like really touched by that. I, I could mean, tell. I could cause tell. I, there's never a time when I do anything of note uh, in broadcasting where it's uniformly positive. There's always people that, oh, you're you're a tremendous douche, or how dare you feel funny, that way. I thought the same thing. It was very very positive. I got so much positive feedback, and it was yeah. really it was quite touching. You know. Yeah, and, and it, because it came from our hearts and our understanding of this condition, and and people are trying to make sense of it. Not only from the standpoint of what happened to poor Chris, but also the 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 emptiness he left in people like you and yeah. Nay and you guys. You guys explained that in a way I'd never never really would have I wouldn't have thought of yeah. because I'm not from that generation. And I thought that well, was pretty cool. There's something else I thought about after we had, I had left, and that there was obviously I didn't. And I at the time I wasn't the biggest Nirvana fan. I didn't understand it. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I, you know, now in, like my late 20s, I went back and became a Nirvana fan. Yeah. But when I was 15, 14, and Nevermind came out, it was, it was just like, oh, these are catchy songs, but I didn't get it. But when Kurt Cobain killed himself, there was like this genuine sense of bitterness. Like he didn't see you help see. And I know he didn't sign up to be like any voice of the generation or yeah. anything, but you got the sense that he was one of these voices of depression and despondency oh, as yeah. well. And then for him to kill himself, it was like, let well, you, let you down. What, what are you doing here? So, the, you know, Chris Cornell was someone who you, seemingly. You felt like he rose above the fray. And now we have an autopsy, some toxicology reports. You now talk about that. But let me introduce our guest first. Taylor Williamson. Oh, hey, hey, hey guys. Man. In the middle man. of that uplifting conversation, let's bring a comedian in. A stand-up that needs no introduction, Taylor Williamson, one yeah. of the greats. Oh, you're so kind. I just, I, I'm sorry. Go ahead. go ahead. I just had a flashback to me being on, I did Loveline like three years yeah. ago, four years ago. I was so excited. And I have a theory that I was the worst guest who's never thrown up in the studio. Oh, um, no. Because I never thrown up. Never like what was the 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 Pennywise guy? Oh, the yes, uh, Fletcher. Fletch uh, threw poo and threw up and did all kinds of interesting things in the studio over the years. Committed federal uh, crimes. (laughs) Yeah, yes, he kidnapped us and held us against our will. But that's a conversation for another day. If if Mike, we start doing a regular "You Live" or something podcast, we'll get into that stuff. We got to have Fletcher on the show. Oh yeah. 
Oh yeah. We, we should Although do I two, don't want him in my house. No, we should, do, we should do two. We should do two Fletcher episodes. One sober in this house, and then meet at a warehouse and force him to drink, <laughs> and just like chronicle the difference. And, and oh my god, it's it, it, we'd have to have like security around. Sure, he's he's oof. he's six foot nine, every bit of three hundred pounds, and, and and but but gets scary when he really drinks. He really gets out of his mind. Not not his. I'm I'm this I don't mean this pejoratively about Fletch. He just he just gets that. He's he gets a very crazy. very dark person. Yeah. yeah. Um, what was I going to say about him? And oh, oh, when we first moved into this house where we do this podcast, uh, he came up to me. It was his first time back. I think in years. I don't think you were. I think it was. Were you there when the first time he came back? I might have been. Might have been Adam. First time it was Adam because it was the Poopa City one. And oh, he, and yeah. he goes uh, and he goes. Uh, Hey man, he goes. Uh, how was the move last week? And I go. We moved into this house like before, and he like says it very threateningly. He goes, uh, "Yeah, I got people inside. Moved you in. They, they told me oh, about no. it." Oh no! It was like apparently his cousin or something moved moved us in here. Was there an so, was there an eight foot gorilla with a goatee? <laughs> there was a guy with flag could tattoos. Lift well, apparently. Yeah. Anyway, so give us your whole CV. Come on now. So people that don't know you, that oh, you're Crescent Valley, of course. No, we got to know. Who's <laughs> <laughs> from CV? How about that? I didn't know that. Uh, my uh, like how we got to know you through the television. Um, I did. Ameri- Wait, hold on, hold on. What is CV? Like, don't just play that Cur- out. Like curriculum vitae. Okay. Like your your your. Why would you say that? Like Taylor Williamson or I would have any. Do you know what a CV qu- is? But now I'm offended that you think I don't know what a CV is, Mike. <laughs> so, what you think I don't? Be know? Be honest. Yeah, it's like it's just what it would just. <laughs> <laughs> I saw I the to- <laughs> I saw the look on your face. Don't give me like don't give me this. I'm offended. You. I looked at you and. Uh, <laughs> I listen. I don't have to prove myself. I'm very smart. Um, I took algebra two twice. <laughs> nice. <That's laughs> so twice is good. I'm just, twice. Is good. <laughs> um, I did uh, America's Got Talent and I lost. But then Susan liked me for some reason. You, you then, lost by one. I won, you, right? You were last round, second runner up, first runner up, right? Thank you. Most talented American in America. Yeah, and it, it's one Japanese of those things. Man. It was, and, and what she announced that night. My, my pointing at our producer, my wife, first lady of love. Um, was that this was going to be the same thing as Michelle Kwan? No, no, it was the the guy that uh, was runner up that became Clay the, Aiken. Clay Aikens. She said she announced. Oh, no, I was no, just, no, just, I was just joking. No, because 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 he became he's still around, really having a thriving career. Can you remember who he lost to? Yeah, you know what I mean. I, I think it was. Ruben, whatever. But Can we go like Jennifer Hudson or something? Sure, go Jennifer. <laughs> I, felt, I, mean, I thank thought you were saying Taylor reminded you of Clay Aiken because he's a gay politician. Yeah. Nope, not that. Just that he has a thriving career. Yeah, well, listen, and, but thank I, I appreciate that yeah. you, you mean that in a kind. I took it as No, no, no. It's strictly in the best sense of it. Well, yeah. it also, you were. Someone <laughs> yeah. else may have gone on to win that not, show. I'm, as someone who never, ever watched America's Got Talent. Jennifer Hudson didn't win either, did she? No, she got like seventh place. Or no, I, see, that doesn't fit, right? It's he, I think Clay right. Aiken was his first runner up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So go ahead. I'm sorry, Mike. I was going to say that. I just don't want to be like compared to Clay. <laughs> <laughs> I know. He's I, like, no, you're Clay. <laughs> well, you. who's, the, who's the, the, thing, I, who's I think the uh, country broad? She has a huge career. She, she did win, either. didn't she? Garth Brooks. No, no, no. The, the hot blonde. Yeah. Carrie Underwood. Carrie yeah. Underwood. Did she win? I think she won. I've never watched any of these shows. Steve uh, Martin didn't win. <laughs> you know what? Albert Brooks never won American America America's Got Talent or American Idol. So there you go. You know, so you, you got could that. be you could be talented and thrive without. You know who else? Hitler <laughs> never won. Never won. He even gets in the finals. He's such a loser. But what I was gonna say is, as someone who never watched those any of those reality shows, um, I I didn't hear the person who won. I know you well before you came on Loveline, and and you be, you were 
the winner in the hearts of people who are really funny. I mean, That's like right. guys like Stern and guys like Dr. Drew were coming back immediately. They're like, this is Taylor Williamson. Kevin and Bean t- like came on the air. They're like, that guy who didn't win, though, he's I mean, he's got a huge career. It's going to yeah. be... Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. That, you don't know that, the people were saying that? No, it's very it's nice. I, you know, I'm an insecure, weirdo no, Jewish I'm, comedian, so I have, a, I have a, a, a way to prove you wrong for everything you just said. <laughs> yeah. like, you're like, the guy who won, what's he doing? I'm like, he's, he lives in Japan. Yeah. <laughs> he he makes, lots of, makes like 30 grand a, a show doing seven-minute corporate oh, events. Fine. But, but listen, Ugh, but you're fat, right. Fat. He, he's never been invited on your show. Right. No. It, I, know, I don't know who it is. He's, he's never been to Dr. Drew's house. No. He's at some is. cafe petting a cat. <laughs> So, Chicks so, underwear. So t- where are you now? Where can we find you? Give us all the, um, the I'm vitals. At, I'm at Taylor Comedy on um, Twitter and Instagram and at the Taylor Comedy on Snapchat. T-A-Y-L-O-R. T-A-Y-L-O-R. And uh, I'm on tour. I, do t- I tell jokes. I travel. Um, Anywhere people can see you coming up? Uh, I'm at the uh, the Addison Improv in Texas okay. uh, in a couple of weeks. And then um, I'm at the Irvine Improv in July oh, and cool. at the Kaboo Comedy or the music festival Del Mar, Cabo Del Mar. They yeah. have like Aerosmith, and then they have like nice. comedy. Then you have you. It's, I mean, I've I've said it since, you know since I can as far back as I can remember. It's Aerosmith, Taylor Williams. <laughs> I just think Steve that's Tyler. the one-two punch. When I say Steve yeah. Tyler, I think Taylor Williams. <laughs> it's like uh, for real. You're not just saying that. I'm too. just saying that. Uh, you ever you ever hear the stories of Bobcat opening up for Nirvana? No. It's yeah. just like well, he's just terrified because you're like no matter if I kill, I mean, well, no one wants to hear me well, right now. Car- you know? Carola had a story. It's one of the reasons I want to go do uh, Insane Clown Posse. I want to see what <laughs> oh, that feels the, like. the, the festival, the yeah, juggle, yeah the gathering meeting of the, the juggalo, juggalo. gathering I, of the juggalo. I really want to go. No, you don't. They'll I, pay that, you lots of money to go. I don't you know have that? to be paid. I, I no, you well, I would. That you, would you, don't, nice. you don't. You don't want to go. I hear it's dangerous. <laughs> That's the only thing. Well, no, it's. I. You know what? At least from the the video footage I've seen, I've seen like a YouTube documentary and stuff. I actually am am quite impressed by it because it's it's really. They have their own world. That I, that's why I want to go. I, the I, thing I love is, is the guys. That, and, and, and I think there's a big margin of error yeah. where the crowd will love you because as long as you're down with ICP, you're down with them. Until it, there's that, there's a you oh. know, it's a big margin of error. But once you make that error, it's bad. Like oh, it, oh. like you you might not make it out of there alive. No, they my, may just bury you in some field <laughs> in Pennsylvania. Well, my my thinking was that it's so counter me to be at a Juggalo festival. You know what I mean? That they would appreciate the effort, and certainly the boy, the boys, you know, Violent J, were very enthusiastic. Well, about yeah, it. I mean they're legitimately yeah. friendly with you. Yeah, I mean, like you yeah. get along with them. I think they're great. They're something else. So, they are so unique. Let me tell you why Doctor Drew is so weird. <laughs> because his his favorite celebrities, there's like if you were to put ten up there, five of them would be totally predictable, and then there'd be five where you're like, what? <laughs> how on earth? How on earth is that? I, I like at all. Are, I like people that are not me. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I like being around people that are very very different than myself. I like, I like it. Even even if they're sort of got problems, I mean, I feel bad for them, but I still admire them. I I I certainly don't. Um, glorify having serious problems especially with drugs and alcohol yeah. or anything but there's people that do it well like and and violent and shaggy do it well <laughs> like you know what I mean? there's no defensiveness there's no like right. they're like yeah well you know it's don't like doug stanhope a little bit exactly right? yeah, yeah. yeah 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 and you you sort of admire it it's like that's just he just who he is and he's who he is and but I, you know i one of the um we're going to talk to somebody on, on, on another show where the guy said, he goes, you know, I, you treated me in such and such a date, and I'm sorry I didn't, you know, I didn't really take then. But he goes, I did go do some more research, which is a common saying yeah. in recovery. And and these guys are all doing research. And yeah. I, good on them. I, I, I don't decide when people get 
sober. You know what I mean? That's 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 theirs. Top top three favorite love line guesses is ICP. I was gonna say who's your favorite? Uh, like uh, interesting people, quote, quote in- interesting. I like guess. like already already Lang. Oh my god! Yeah, I I, I love him. Right. Uh, and who else? Who else? You love Louis. Louis C.K.? You'd blow Louis. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know him. But you think of people we know that I know oh, that, that, um, that we've had on the Nick, show. Nick, you love Nick. Nick Schwartzen. Yeah. I was so excited, by the way, when like I tweeted, like, I'm listening to your show, and then I'm like listening to the your KBC show. And then oh, you're, yeah. You're like, oh, Taylor just... Yeah, of course. Well, he, he, he's like, <laughs> like he's a brooder with a jeweler's loop out watching the internet while we're, while we're on the air. But I love that you, you're like, oh, Taylor just uh, tweeted us. Oh, we should have him call out. And then, and then Mike, you're like... No, we don't. We don't have time for him to go in. <laughs> well, true, true. I'm Tourette. I'm sitting in the Chipotle parking lot, be like, "This is amazing." My narcissism rates are going up like crazy. Drew's uh, big Achilles' heel in radio and in, in entertainment in general is the same reason why Trump has such problems as president. Is that <laughs> Drew's used to being a doctor where he calls the shots because. He's saving people's lives, and damn it, why would you get in his way? He's making the decision. This is a clinical decision. If I feel like I'm going to take an extra hour with this patient, so be it. This is what's best for the patient. So that doesn't translate into radio where seconds matter. Drew's like, well, we can we can go over by ten minutes in this commercial break. It, it, Have Taylor call. It's more. It's even more more specific. It's if if things are interesting to me, I assume they're interesting to everybody. Right. Then that's you know I want to talk to Taylor. I want to talk right now. Let's go do it. Everybody would love Taylor. Let's go talk to Taylor. And he's like, dude, we're going to commercial in two breaks, two minutes. All right, so uh, I think it's happening again right now. Yeah, yeah, I know. My wife's waving at me. Our executive Sorry. producer. Uh, she, she's yelling. totally fucked up. Then she's reminding us that. Uh, Kathy Griffin is somebody I like and, and, and admire and stuff too, and she got herself in a big shit storm recently. Did you have any thoughts about that? Bill Burr had he said it the best. He said, uh, "I think she was uh, she's trying to be controversial. She fucking overachieved." <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yeah, thank you. I I mean I don't have any. I have I res- tremendous respect for her and stuff, and uh, and uh, this is not hating on her, but the argument people are making is. She's a comedian. She was doing a joke. It went too far. I don't think she was doing a joke, though. Right. And I don't. Doing... I, I respect the comedian. Like there, there are there are several defenses you can make of of Kathy, which is her job is to be offensive and push the limits. And yeah. maybe she took this artistic expression more in the vein of comedy than than people can tolerate. Even though it wasn't a comedic statement, it was an artistic statement, right? Maybe the photographer convinced her to do stuff she shouldn't have done. Right? Yeah, sure. And I blame the echo chamber of Hollywood, where where Kathy could e- I could say she could easily believe that everybody that mm. I know. Yeah, well, you know, she totally. I agree that she totally easily could believe that. Every single celebrity, whether you're A list or Z list, you have a personal choice to remove yourself from that chamber. There's plenty of. I can go down the list of Tom Hanks, Jeff Bridges. People who make an effort to, whenever they're not filming, they go back into real world and they deal with people as opposed to get off stage and fly back to my penthouse in Manhattan and only talk to the most liberal people who've never left the island of Manhattan ever. Speaking of which, did you see the his tweet, the Tom Hanks tweet that made a bunch of uh, traction last week with that building he picked, put a picture up of and said, what goes on in this building? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was, my hotel was, I was looking right out at that oh, building last real? week. I was in New York and that building, it's in so it's in Tribeca, it's in Soho. What is and going on I, in that it's building? It's a communication, it's like an AT&T <laughs> building or something, nothing. It's no fun. It's right in the middle of nowhere. It's like Wall Street. You know, it's like, uh, but it does look a little ominous. I thought it was weird like hedge fund orgies. No, no. Like <laughs> but, secret Illuminati. Or but 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 back to this issue of living in this 
the, the coastal bubbles, yeah. right? Which is why Mr. Trump got elected is because people live in those bubbles that create media. Totally. And they start believing what their peers are saying and what they're thinking and that no one else has any alternative point of view. And I can easily see how Kathy, not even just convinced herself, just thought people would think this was great. Right. Now, I don't think any of those things. I, I, I think, in fact, it's all not good. I don't, I don't agree with what she did, but I'm supporting Kathy in the same way I would – this is not a free speech issue, but I would support her in this way. You've heard me give this argument mm-hmm. already. Uh, uh, the way I would anyone else – the speech you hate the most is the speech you've got to support the most, right? right? So this is, to me, a similar phenomenon because what I hate more than what Kathy did is the mob reaction to but, it. The but way that's... she was treated by social media to me is like unconscionable. It's a dangerous mob out there now that's harming people. This is what happened in France in 1790. You know what I mean? If somebody doesn't stand up, uh, I, I mean, we got a problem here. It, it's, I, it's strange that because there is something called Twitter – People assume that they're like the court of public opinion has now become real because there's a tangible court of but, public opinion where you can actually see but they're what they're you're having writing. an effect. People are losing their livelihood. Totally. And, then, and then with Kathy, she'd already lost her livelihood and they kept going. Right. I, I don't think she should have gone the offensive. Do you on think all she this. lost her livelihood? Was she, she, well, she, I mean, she lost some jobs. Right? She lost some jobs. Not her livelihood. Oh, and, yeah, some. right. And I don't know. You know, she lost CNN. She lost uh, a sponsor and she lost some shows. Here's it's, the thing, though. Hurting. I mean, I frankly and and no one else in America should really quote unquote care. She's a comedian who's trying to do something to get attention and be controversial. So, right. you know, honestly, That's so right. what? That's what right. I what I did care about is that she then went on the offensive. How can, how can everybody be bullying me yeah. when we're not talking about Jim Gaffigan? We're not talking about, you know, uh, Sinbad. This is a lady who has made her career Destroying people. She <laughs> walks around going, I don't even know you. I hate your dress. You, you suck you, your you fat. Know, Howard Stern's afraid to have her in his home right. because of what she'll then say. <laughs> She's open about Real. having parties, yeah. inviting certain people just so that she can get ammunition to then destroy yeah. them. Yeah. Come on. You know, what are you doing here with the bullying? Give me a break. And by the way, for once, I thought Donald Trump was rather restrained. I know he was. Yeah, I thought. So. I, you know, he but, but said I I'm still, a little disappointed still, in her. She should be ashamed of herself. Are anybody saying anything on Facebook Live? Because I'm I'm happy to take feedback on this. Taylor so. probably should talk too. But <laughs> oh, no. this, well, this is why I say why I thought I was the, a horrible love line guest is because I forget that I'm on. Like I'm, you just start listening. I listen to you guys forever. Yeah, start listening to the show. It's like <laughs> yeah. oh yeah, this is what, well, he's a comedian. But I uh, now I feel like I have so much to say. What happened in France in 1790? That's my French first. Revolution. Oh, that's what, I knew that. I knew that too. Um, Just like CV. <laughs> totally knew. I've listed things. There was I a guillotine, know. and the modern guillotine is the lose your job. Right? I see. Uh, and, and I'm fearful that it's going to get more violent, more more uh, uh, crazy. But you know what's interesting? Uh, the comedians, like you said, like, like Tom Hanks, Jeffrey, just people who like. Well, I don't know this standpoint, but. What's my point? Like, Howie Mandel, he doesn't post anything about anything political. Right. Yeah. And uh, most of the comedians who played in middle America, uh, in the sense that, like, um, every political view would come see them, yeah. they uh, they don't talk about stuff right. like that. Yeah. But also because they experience stuff like that. Like, uh, Bill Maher or Kathy Griffin, uh, not judging their comedy, but they're pandering to their audience. Sure. They're not playing towards middle America. I mean, they go to Nashville, but yeah. they're playing for the lib- right. liberals in Nashville. Yeah. In the That's same, right. in the same way, uh, Larry the Cable Guy is a character pandering to another demographic. She's she and Bill Maher is another good example. They they do the same. What you know, Bill's thing every single super lib in every town is going to go see Bill Maher when he goes on tour, and and God bless him. And same with Kathy. Every gay guy and you know, like theater kid 
in every town is still going to go see Kathy Griffin. Bill's another guy that I disagree with a lot of stuff he does and says, but I still stand with him because yeah. Yeah. He, he, he's never inconsistent. Yeah, he, he's just this is him. He's thoughtful. He thinks a certain way. He calls out a certain kind of stuff, and and I admire his courage and just consistently doing that. He got in big trouble back with ABC. Remember when he ta- said that the guys that flew the planes into the World Trade Center they had, weren't cowards. They weren't cowards. That to me is classic Bill Maher. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> they, why are people surprised by that? Well, and Bill and, Maher and, and I, I support. I called him when that happened. I called Kathy when this happened. I said, "I'm, I'm, I'm with you." I stand Bill Maher you. is a, is an, an example of a guy who walk it like he talk it. Yeah. In, this, in the regard that I remember when uh, Rush Limbaugh and Sean Hannity and the guys like this who clearly are are, are polar opposites of what yeah. Bill Maher thinks politically and socially. Uh, when they got in hot water for something that they said, he was one of the first people to come to their defense. Yeah, you right. can't, you can't he's, just he's, start. I, I admire people that just are, are super intellectually honest and consistent. Uh, but what about the N-word thing he did? Well, see, listen. Taylor. Taylor <laughs> on this. <laughs> well, I was, Bill Maher, I was going to say Bill Maher, he's, he's, he's like a guy trying to play the high jump out of a hole. He's dug himself a bigger hole because, I mean, he may be a fine guy. I, I don't know him. I'm not saying he's a bad person, but he's not likable. Bill Maher's not a likable guy. You don't just watch his show. You don't watch Real Time and you're like, hey, I'd love to hang out with you know him. He's funny? very smug. He's very... It's very, it's very <laughs> interesting because in person... Susan, what do you think? You've met him many times. I, 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 in person, he's very likable. Oh, I'm think. sure he is. I, it's very weird. That's what, fine. Well, let's see what but, she thinks. That's sort of me. What, what do you think? Um, oh, thanks so much, I guess. <laughs> well, I, I, I like Bill, but I, he's, got, he's very different than us. Yeah. I mean, he has different opinions. Yeah, yeah the I know. Way, but uh, but I, I mean, I like he's so that. successful. He's great. He's been a great, you know... When you when you've socialized with him, he, he's cool. I mean, yeah. he's, he's always high. <laughs> there is that. He's much better when he's high. But I don't care. I mean, whatever. I mean, I'm not. I mean, yeah. the answer. He women, likes young women. You know, I don't know. Is, I, you, I you, send your your tweets and letters to. Absolutely. He was <laughs> well. He was at, he was love. best friends with one of my best friends, and that's how we yeah, found each other. Right, so right. it was you know you became friends with him because of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. You know, once again, if you, think, if you want a piece of advice here. If a woman doesn't automatically immediately deny something, that means she she's like is it she's telling you the truth and that she will support whatever that is. If, for instance, yes, uh, Bill Martin, nice guy, right? Uh, if a woman goes, uh, that's that's no no. If you go, hey. Uh, you ever done anal? <laughs> Any girl who's never done anal goes, no, 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 whoa, whoa. If there's a, well, that's yes. Okay. That's yes. Trust me, that is. I, that's very good that's point. Tr- never in, a, in the world of, of any like uh, dangerous question has a woman had to go, well, let me. There's always a, whoa, no, no, no. I don't, come on. I'm not like that. I want to make some phone calls after yeah. this. Well, did you see Bill Maher's uh, last show where he discussed this? I heard I did. about it. Not I didn't see any of it. I did see that Ice T got a bunch of negative tweets, and he's like, "Wrong T, wrong Ice, dumb bitches." Because it was Ice Cube. Right. A bunch of people are like, "How dare you take that stance?" He's like, "Are you guys? Are we all really? Do we all look that close to the same?" Because he's like five feet shorter than me. Ice Cube like did. He did throw out to Bill like joking, but not joking. Like, yeah, you dated a lot of black women, but you can't say that just because you feel like you. Well, can. that was his. That was somebody who was taking that position. Yeah, and, and that's and everyone was saying, no, 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 no. Just, just don't use that word. Don't don't use it, especially don't use it casually, and don't use it. And I, the only defense I could see was he was using it in kind of a weird historical context. You know that that's a that's a title of something, but even that I, I have been schooled my my African American friends just. Just don't. Just, it's a word that well, it, it has deep, deep 
injury. It wasn't really a historical. Con- he was it, making know, reference it, to I, something that was said in, in the antebellum South. Doesn't necessarily make it a historical reference. It, but it's a it's a proper name of historical right. thing. You know what I mean? And, and I, I I still think it doesn't trump saying it. The fact no. that that's an accurate name. And it's packed with all kinds of meaning, too. I mean, you, you'd have to almost explain yourself if you don't use that term. You have to go, well, there are these certain guys that did this. <laughs> here's what people felt about them, and they were sort of this skin and that. You know, it, people, I think, know what that name means, but it still shouldn't be. People are also recreationally offended, though. I mean, we, I think anyone who even watched it on replay recognizes, like, Bill Maher doesn't – he's not a bigot. He doesn't wish any harm to people because of the color of their skin. He was trying to make a joke, and – he screwed up. I he mean, he definitely, up. it's a live show, and yeah. that's a big difference between like Michael well, Richards just like screaming the n word <laughs> at black guys at his right. crowd. You know, there's but, a totally. But, but this is this is goes at the th- reason I'm sporting Kathy, which is that you, you're not allowed to make a mistake, right? Or or to be or to be schooled on something. My thing always is like, hey, know who your allies are, and if they make a mistake or they misspeak. Go ahead and correct them, and happily, I would do so if, if I were allied with somebody. But you're not allowed. Taylor Taylor brought up a good point, though. I mean, this is a guy who gets a paycheck to be a stand-up, so I'm yep. sure you have a, a, a much more uh, valuable opinion. There, you make a conscious choice as an artist, as a stand-up, to go in that territory you or st- not. Have you stepped, there, a, have you stepped people, the landmines? Daniel oh, Tosh, sure. Daniel yeah. Tosh yeah. didn't decide to like, all of a sudden wake up and become offensive. He made yeah. a choice. Gilbert, Gottfried, and Dave. You know when you're getting into that territory, you're going to work like that. It comes with certain consequences, you know? I, I got accused of being racist at a college like eight years ago. Really? There's just one girl in the front row of an orientation. The first day of school. It's her first day of school. Uh, Artie, Lang, Artie Lang just did an article. But Chris Rock, every like two years, some famous comedians like saying, well, they don't do college campuses anymore because it's so PC, you know? Right. Yeah. And uh, it was like a cafeteria, 200 kids. Uh, I did like two hours. Like I stayed longer. Like We were all having fun. Uh and then I told these jokes like in the middle of the set, whatever. And then, um, and then ki- kids were like leaving throughout slowly. But I, I make jokes about it. I'm not being offensive. But they're, they're like, oh yeah, I have I have homework to do or I have a, a club to get to. It wasn't like I'm leaving out of protest. Just <laughs> they're slowly leaving. So then I get an email from my college agent saying what happened, and they send me like a, a copy of the email. They're saying you were racist against. Uh, can you tell me what happened that you were that you were racist against African Americans, Jews, and Mexicans? <laughs> I'm like, what? At least you didn't hold back. Didn't <laughs> what, did you, what had you said? Well, first of all, I'm Jewish, and I'm not like Ugh, Jews. You know what I mean? Like, I'll make self 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 deprecating humor. You yeah. know. And then I had some joke about. Wait a second, a self-deprecating <laughs> Jewish comic? Come on, can you believe this it? This is groundbreaking. <laughs> <laughs> it was what was some school in Columbus, Ohio, and like um, it was Capital University. I don't know. Shout out <laughs> Xavier or something. I don't know. But uh, so then um, I had a joke that Columbus, Kent State. Columbus is is I think it was Cap- State, Capital, Ohio, Capital University. Ohio State is in Columbus too. Yeah, I was. I'm not cool yeah. enough to go there. Okay, Thanks. Okay. <laughs> My grandpa and great grandpa went there though. Oh, weird. Yeah, finally. Four dead and Nixon's coming. Is that? Is that I don't know. That's in Ohio. O H. I O. Yeah. There you go. So. They do that. They have to do it. It's like a law. It's, like, it's weird when you say it when you're in front of a big audience. There, they, they their, their hands go up too. They and they, they love they go, it. <laughs> it goes crazy. They're not like I O. Like, oh they're no, like, they go nuts. They're like, yeah. Fuck yeah, I'm I so it. glad I didn't go to college. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, like when I hear stuff like that, I'm like, I'm really happy I just bypassed that bad boy. Well, so my joke, and I'm, I'm, I'm like deconstructing humor. There's nothing less funny, and mm-hmm. like it makes everything sound not funny. And I'm not even saying this is a funny joke, but it's a joke that worked. That 
uh, if you analyze it's not whatever. So by I had the a, way, I disagree. Whenever I hear chefs deconstruct how they, <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not even kidding. Hearing uh, even if it's an art musical artist, I don't like hearing how they came up with writing yeah. that song. I'm fascinated by hearing how a, a comedian came up it's with like, it. It may not be funny, but it's interesting. I'm, I'm okay. riveted by that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I'm with you. Um, right, tell us after the break. We'll take a quick break. Right back, Taylor Williamson, Mike Cathwood after this. <laughs> We are proud to welcome a great new sponsor, Integrity Care Card. This is a service that was started by a recovering addict who actually was a patient of Bob's at one time. Integrity Care Card. It's a refillable debit card that lets you provide financial support to someone you love without the risk of misuse. It's a great idea. That's how it works. Simply sign up. You deposit the funds onto the card. Share it. Through your Integrity Care Card account, you can keep track of the spending habits and receive real-time spending alerts and block purchases from places like liquor stores, casinos, ATMs. People in recovery often need help making responsible choices with their money. So the Integrity Care Card is a fantastic way to offer support without denying them the independence they deserve. It's a great parenting technique. Come on now. It's better than cash. Better than gift cards, this is a true debit card that can make a real difference in someone's life. I love this idea. So if you or someone you know is supporting a loved one in recovery or trying to structure your financial relationship with, uh, say, a child or something, check out Integrity Care Card. Visit IntegrityCareCard.us. Click the banner on Doctor.com or call 888-216-4680, 888-216-4680, or integritycarecard.us. That's a great idea. Now, one of the most amazing parts of working in treatment is seeing a number of former patients successfully move on and choose to become mental health professionals themselves. Yes, I've seen it. And the field of psychology is vast, and the need for competent practitioners has not been greater and never been greater. If you're considering this rewarding career, I suggest you look at the California School of Professional Psychology at Alliant University. I've been familiar with Alliant for some time now. I've spoken at their events. It was founded in 1969, boasts an alumni network of nearly 50,000 people worldwide. Alliant has fostered many of today's mental health pioneers, authors, and advocates. CSPP at Alliant University hosts both on-ground and online programs in business psychology, marriage and family therapy, clinical counseling. They also offer an APA-accredited doctoral program in clinical psychology that allows for specialization in child psychology, clinical forensic psychology, and integrated psychology. Faculty is industry leaders. Former faculty includes names like Abraham Maslow, Carl Rogers, Viktor Frankl. Come on now. Those are names everyone's heard, some of the fathers of modern psychology. For more information on the California School of Professional Psychology at Alliant, check the Alliant banner on my site or visit Alliant, A-L-L-I-A-N-T, dot E-D-U. That is Alliant, dot E-D-U. All right, we're back. Uh, Taylor Williamson, uh, you were telling us about <laughs> deconstructing. <laughs> Please tell us your racist joke from eight yes. years ago. <laughs> but I had a joke where I said, um, um, oh, so the, the I lived on a street called Knickerbocker, and like I, this, it's a horrible joke, but the joke was bad on purpose. That was the uh, some what was the joke? It was like uh, sometimes I'm bored, I like to change the CK and change it to a double G. <laughs> some people say, "What street do you live on?" I go, "I live on Knickerbocker." Oh. Which is it's just and then obviously I, we were thinking of the other yeah things. and then I go what were you guys thinking and I played on that it's very funny thanks it's just silly, and, silliness right yeah. and then another joke I said um at some a bit about being in college and the comedy is truth and you exaggerate it so my roommate in college first day is like are you Mexican and then uh, that that's truth so then I exaggerate so then in my joke I go 
how could a Mexican look at me? And I look at my hand, and then I go, I'm in college. Thank you. Thank you, my Mexican friend laughing. But on paper, I mean, listen, you can say say that joke, whatever. The joke is the misdirection or whatever. And I'm making fun of myself. I'm an idiot. You know what I mean? Whatever. So, But on paper, it's just how could a Mexican look at me? I'm in college. Right. So there's just a whole transcript of just like Taylor's a racist, horrible person, and like, anyways, I haven't gone back. Well, uh, like you said, I mean, you you show up to a college in blackface doing the Al Jolson. I totally understand how you get ran off the the campus, but that's nine times out of ten not what's not not what's going on. There's these very usually just very innocuous jokes, and I think kids at that age, especially this generation, when you're in college, you think. If I get up and protest or if I write some email, it somehow makes me right. a, be- a part of the solution. Right. And, it's, hub- it's, and you go, Wait. it's hubris. It's, it's absolutely hubris. I, I said it's like, be- it's like saying you're an animal rights activist because you're a hunter with a bad shot. Yeah. Doesn't, you know, <sighs> just, you, just because you happen to miss all the animals doesn't make you any more you know, really uh, caring than I, I am. Can you imagine being in high school or college and sort of somebody's on stage and you start, start hassling them or leaving? Or I just can't can imagine, imagine adults – at all caring what I had to say right. when I was 19 years old. I, <laughs> I don't understand this world yeah, where yeah. you would assume at 19 that anyone gives a shit what you have to say. Because I certainly at that age, and I was a, a pompous prick that was addicted to drugs and you know just trying my best to sleep with everyone I could. And I, <laughs> I knew for a fact like society as a whole doesn't care what I think. Like that was embedded well, into so, my Something head. would be wrong with society if they did. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, it's and unfortunately the I, I want to hear from 19-year-olds, but let's put it in the context in which it's being received from children. I want to hear it from 19-year-olds if I'm at dinner with them. If I'm at dinner <laughs> yeah. with their parents and they happen to be sitting there, I'd be like, yeah. so what's going down? I, How I do you really, feel about yeah, that? Yeah, I do want to hear about but it. I don't, but I, I don't like – I feel like you need to start feeling your, the uh, the propensity to try and rule the world because you don't. So there's a bunch of other stuff in the press lately. Of course, Tiger Woods was found uh, almost, almost – well – Coma, just pre comatose, really. He, yeah. he was uh, really disorganized. He was uh, stumbling. He was, uh, uh, you know, really obtunded. Uh, not not unwakeable, but sort of near obtundation. And you have to do a lot of drugs to get that way. That's how I described it, by the way. He was obtunded. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Stop C- using all these words I know. CV. Like it's. Uh, uh, and he. He talks about hubris, by French the way. Revolution, whatever that is. Obtunded. <laughs> but he but he said he was on Vicodin. He also yeah. named three other anti-inflammatories he was on. And it's funny, my friends that are opiate addicts all go, oh, yeah, I used that excuse a million times. Mm-hmm. had a medication reaction, which is what he said he had. Of course. Reaction yeah, but... pharmaceutical medication, which is indeed true. He did have reaction pharmaceutical medication. We don't know which ones yet because Vicodin, <laughs> Vicodin will not do that to you as, as a hundred as he was, as out of it as he was. He's not drinking alcohol. He didn't admit to any benzodiazepines, which I think you're going to find. That I, th- I think what happened was I think he took Vicodin and he's in bad pain. And he's got all these anti-inflammatories on bad on, on board, and he took some sleeping medicine, and literally slept, walked, got in the car, and drove. It happens. I, I think that's what happened. I really do. I told you about the when I used to be a personal trainer back in the day. I had a, a female client who was really worked really hard, and she was trying so hard to like get that summer body, and she kept gaining weight, and she didn't know why until one day she got evidence of the fact that she was taking Ambien to fall asleep. And she was eating during her sleep and had no idea. And it, it, was, it was until she – it was not until she left um, boiling eggs on the stove and woke up to like smoke in her house that she even realized she was doing it. 
And well, then at least you're choosing dietetic stuff. Yeah, no, I'm <laughs> but how scary is that that you would oh, that you would eat that frequently can, on a drug? You I mean, can do anything on those drugs. On that's the terrifying. Yeah, can you rape? Yeah, and then you get away with it. Well, the people are like, can you? Yeah, wait a well, second. Am whole, I, may I? I'm interested. There's a whole conversation about sleep sex. Yeah. You know, if somebody's asleep and starts pushing themselves on their partner who happens to be sleeping next to them, is that rape? Yeah. And, yeah, and, it's and tough. It's a tough Well, one. the reason I asked that, I know it sounds like an odd question, but I'm thinking to myself, if you can get up and prepare, not, we're not talking about she just put some ice cream. She was making meals and not remember it. Yeah. What else would you do? I mean, that's pretty complex stuff to be well, doing in, a, in a, like a blackout. We have a call on the hold? Oh, good. We have a call here. Nice. Somebody wants to talk with us. Uh, hold on a second. I gotta go. uh, Tiger Woods, uh, real quick. The funny thing to me is that they're like, he had a very unexpected reaction to this uh, medication. I was like, not really that unexpected to him. Trust me. Well, you take 25 Vicodin, and believe, you know what you're getting yourself into. Well, but if you take a bunch of Vicodin, you're not going to go drive your car. Yeah. That, that's, yeah, that seems yeah. more I mean, especially, I mean. He's had a problem with the ambient in the past, apparently. Yeah. I've woken up and then uh, I looked at my cabinet and there was an ice cream container in the like a carton. Is it a carton? Is yeah. that what ice cream is? Yeah. Sure. It was in the cabinet. <laughs> All melted? Yeah. And then I've woken up like I've gone to sleep with uh, – terrible stories, by the way. They're very quick though. And then I've gone to sleep without a shirt on. You know, I'm really cool. And then um, – very sexy. And then, very buff. Uh, yeah, very, very, buff. very Thank you. Thank you. And uh, correct. But thank you. It's a fact more than a compliment. Yeah. You know? and then, uh, but then I woke up with a hoodie on. <laughs> but it, no drugs though fascinating stories but why is this a, is this good I think Drew's being sarcastic <laughs> <laughs> no one of our sons sleepwalks too and he just is that, that sleepwalking yeah, yeah okay so we're gonna take a call so we're gonna say goodbye to Facebook because okay, they, face, they can't uh, hear the calls so they have to listen uh, so to the Facebook podcast advice. is there anybody want to make comments or anything Any no no we, can, we gotta take the call we, we're okay. kind of right, running behind so. thank you guys thank you for watching Arthur how are you my friend <laughs> Arthur, Arthur oh hey um uh, it's huge honor to be uh, talking to you guys. I've been uh, uh, listening to you guys since your Love Line days, which, by the way, that sounds weird. Like, I've been listening to you since your Love Line days. Like, but, uh, yeah, um, I have a brother. Uh, he's living at home. He's older than me by four years. He's roiding out, doing a bunch of drugs, Sweet. prescribed a bunch of stuff. He's getting really aggressive at the house. Uh-oh. My parents are... Um, they're, they've had enough. They got the courts involved. State troopers are going to come. Like, she doesn't know any of this, but as soon as my brother's kid leaves my parents' house to go back to baby's uh, mama house, my, the state troopers are going to swoop in and kick him out of the house. Wow. So, yeah. Where, uh, where are they going to kick him out and, to, though? Uh, coincidentally, like, uh, also accidentally like periodic coincidence me and him have the same site we both go to the same va and uh so i guess how do i bring up to my doctor like yo my brother's roiding out and like smoking hash oil and how do i keep this narrative or you know support my parents and also if i ever get a chance to talk to my nephew like years down the line like hey like we weren't the bad guys like we were just you know, well, feel really bad. Hopefully, your brother yeah. will get some kind of recovery by then. But, but let's let's talk about what could and should be done. First of all, that you share the same psychiatrist, correct? Yes. Okay, that doctor wants to know this, so you just go look. You got to know about my brother right now. He is here's what's going to happen, and we may need your help. That's all. That's all you got to tell him. And and you need to know he's doing illicit drugs, including steroids, and it's making him violent and psychotic. He's a drug addict. And and by the way, yeah. Uh, so now tell me what the medicines are the psychiatrist has him on. 
Uh, he has them on. Uh, I have pictures, but I I know just from like listening to you and like my own experience, it's a benzo for sure. Yeah. Amphetamines for ADD. No, see that's he's all like got to stop. Something, that's so all got to stop. The, all the stimulants. And he's the gonna die, dude. Yeah, stimulants the med- or he's gonna kill himself or somebody else. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's even more concerning. Uh, so the stimulants and the and benzos have to. He needs to go somewhere for treatment. So that's my next question, which is why don't your parents do an intervention? Why have they tried before? Maybe they're scared. Are they? Is he that giant? Uh, I'm, I'm actually super glad that Mike's here because I, I'm Mexican and they absolutely do not. They hate doctors. Like my mom says, she has a cure for HPV, which is like a shot of tequila and like natural honey. Yeah, and mango, that, your grandma rubs mango juice in your asshole with like <laughs> your <laughs> influenza. Mango, yeah. avocado, yeah. and ta- cactus, right? Yeah, yeah. some type of yeah. cactus, yeah. sea salt, and and cilantro. You know, Rudy's puree. never been on this show, but we should call him. <laughs> oh, he might come by, but this is a, I mean, this is a very serious issue. Yeah. But he's totally right. I yeah. mean, it's by it's not the different than. There's a lot of ethnic cultures here in America yeah. that are the same way that it's not only uh, you know the, the the very real Mexican kind of aversion to Western medicine. It's an aversion to anything regarding mental health because that's that's woo woo nonsense. Weakness, you just got to suck whatever. it up. You got to yeah. suck it up. Well, but, to, to some extent, uh, I understand. To some extent, there's no changing that. But I still put that responsibility to manage that situation yeah. squarely in the doctor's lap. And so, so from my standpoint, yeah. is bullshit. Somebody's got to step in here and do what's right. Well, and also, um, yeah, it's, it's Arthur, like if like if you had cancer and they weren't yeah. letting him get treatment, it's like, sorry, we're going to do this. That's you, the way it goes. you and your family have to recognize and recognize it uh, with with full clarity that you're going to have to make him very angry at to get him to yeah. a place of any type of peace of mind. You're not going to do this and 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 currently keep him on your good side. To, in order for him to get the help he really needs, yeah. you can't, can't listen matter. to what he's what yeah. his his feelings right now don't matter. Right, and I know that sounds counterintuitive because he's the one who needs help. But for him to get the help he needs at this situation, you guys are going to have to play rough. And, and, there, and there are people that specialize in helping with this kind of thing. You know, yeah. people can really help you get through this. And I'm sure have dealt with the denial, cultural denial, and all that kind of stuff you're describing. I was at a meeting the other day, and I heard someone speak that that had their parents called the cops on them. That's what that's what's going to happen here. And, that's what's going to. Uh, and that, I don't. I don't object to that. By the way, I don't. I'm, I don't I'm, either. I'm but, fine with that. But then you have to do something that helps yeah. him. And, yeah. uh, and maybe. Yeah, you... I, I mean, like, I started going to uh, Al-Anon. For, oh my god, fantastic! Uh, an old best friend who went down to uh, he he went down the pizza painkiller route. Yeah. And I stopped talking to my brother because I saw this coming. I already saw he he tried to like approach me to be like, hey, dude. Uh, want to like do some testosterone i was like no <laughs> no <laughs> well let's and, not uh, rush to judgment <laughs> <laughs> that's mike's favorite drug <laughs> how much is he doing um, by the way because some of this uh, may be a steroid I, I psychosis have no idea, but, like my parents like uh, the, uh there's two extra layers of complication he has an uh uh he has an ar-15 in the house oh no well, and okay, yeah right, and well. he's and he's got so like i just like snooped around a little bit in my parents house which by the way He's living for free. My parents are feeding his kid. Of course. He's collecting unemployment and benefits, and he says he has no money. Anyway, um, we found vials and vials and syringes. We found, like, shards of, like, like shards of, like, it's almost like if, if Psycho Mike didn't get in recovery and live with his parents and had, like, that no shame of, like, mom. Get out of my testosterone. <laughs> that, that's pretty much my. That's how I deal with my mom and beating off still to this day. <laughs> what? Oh, you don't know that? 
Well, explain to Taylor well, real well, quick. Hold on. Again, we have a very <laughs> serious call. We'll I, deal with that Arthur's later. good-natured about it. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't. I I am not one who's ever going to speak out uh, uh, and say that roid rage is going to be the cause of all this problem. But it certainly helps. Well, no, 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 no. I I, I don't want to miss you know, like this statement. Yeah, he he may be in a roid psychosis and roid rage. Yeah, that may be the immediately dangerous problem. He's also a severe drug addict. Yeah, yeah. But even though he's thirty something and still living with mom and dad, he's relatively young as far as his entire life goes. Yeah, and um. You know, just just to understand Arthur because you do. You, I mean, you definitely sound like a guy who's way ahead of yeah. the average Gauler oh, talking yeah. about a loved one who's got an addiction problem. Yeah, you know, you're going to Alan on you, but when when time comes to actually, you know, put into action the call of the call of uh, duty here with um, taking care of your brother, it's you're going to piss him off. Uh, you know, I, I don't think enough people when it comes to requesting a intervention or or really drawing the line in the sand when it comes to their loved one with addiction they like they're there's still in the back of their head this idea that you can do it and stay be friendly yeah. and it's not like that you got to really piss them yeah. off you know yeah well well me as his little brother who's picked on his whole life for me i am foaming at the mouth to piss him off yeah and uh but at the same time at the same time you know i talk to my partner a lot it's like i gotta also cool it because I think for me, I'm thinking so much about my nephew, who's also living with us and in the middle of all this chaos. Because, yeah. oh, by the way, his mom is also a severe addict in oh, like, PK, like she's up the painkillers route. Oh. And, and I just want my mom to like not feel like she has to live with this asshole every yeah. day. Yeah. So, you know, that's, so that's my number one. Well, it's so good that you're setting your priorities in all this because you can't control what he does or does not do so you ought to have those priorities straightened out including considering okay. things like custody of that child for somebody else i'm just saying just for the time being at least okay. uh but you know it sounds like a situation where the the it's so dangerous it's probably right just to get him out of the house and away from that weapon what's that what about the yeah what about yeah. the guns right, so i say get him out well of that. that's why the state troopers are coming yeah, don't they clear out, out all the guns when they well it's a little more complicated than that, but get him out of the house, get him away from the gun. That's priority one. That's priority one. Yeah, because if they're yeah. legally owned, it's hard. You can't just take You it. have to then go. Then, take it guy's then you got it. And by the way, do not forget to tell the psychiatrist you talked to that piece of this story that there's an air, whatever, automatic weapon available. Because he might kill himself there, too. Uh, well, he might. Yeah. It was steroids and stuff. You can start getting paranoid and stimulants. Other people is who you start aiming the guns at. Uh, that old aphorism, yeah. speed kills. I, I talked to the guys that, I remember the 60s, like speed kills, speed yeah. kills was this big aphorism. I talked to the guys that developed that. The strange of their names were Smith and Wesson. Really? That, isn't that weird? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and they said that uh, Smith was the guy I was talking to, and he said uh, that they didn't mean that it killed the users. It yeah. meant the people on speed killed. That's really what they were thinking about. It's the most corrosive yeah. drug to the, to the culture around it. Without question, and of the human soul in a weird way, right? There, I like I, I've said this many times on in many different shows that every drug is going to have its uh, fair share of negative people and forces around it. You know, when you get into drugs, illegally obtained drugs, there's going to be some negativity. Nothing compares to meth. Yeah, the 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 the, the violence, the gross. Just de- the corrosive decay of human well, spirit that and, surrounds and, methamphetamine. And to, if I could uh, give a little sidebar here, Orange is the New Black portrays that pretty well this season. My mm-hmm. wife and I watched it last night, and one of the thrills of my life, they gave me a shout-out. 
Nice. I, I was. I saw I, that on Doctor Drew. I, yeah, she was. She was stealing <laughs> stuff out of the pharmaceutical. I didn't quite get the See, kind of. It had, had to be no, a she didn't right? want to get addicted Two because she saw it on Doctor Drew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. No. Nobody. No. Nobody with colors fooling around with meth. It, it, well, that's, that's all, all the white girls. Yeah. Aryan blood. Yes, the white girls were all. Well, there's a sort of some overlap with the Hispanic girls, but there's the white girls were doing the math mostly. See, but the pharmaceuticals was everybody. <laughs> hey, Rudy, how you been, man? Let's go get some scante from Popeye oh. in Apple Valley, dog. You, <laughs> you, know, white boy? you don't do that anymore, do you? No, I mean every once in a while, you know, like but I work a do, double oh, shift. Come on, we had to have it for Sad Girl for a while there. I was putting it in our food. Lose our fupa. Now we're we're you know what happened tomorrow? Does we need to know if our caller once should we like block out his name or whatever uh, by the way Susan's not amused by Rudy no, no, I'm sorry she, Rudy I'm sorry listen I'm this sorry. girl's all business we should probably let Arthur yeah Arthur no no we, we're two things for Arthur A we'll maybe blank your name out would that be helpful since this thing may go up tomorrow this podcast uh, this thing, uh, you know, the state trooper thing. That I think that's all. Like, uh, that's going down uh, Monday, Tuesday. Like, okay, my so, nephew's leaving okay. tomorrow. So, I mean, uh, I would like to. I mean, you guys can block my name, but I'm definitely going to replay this for like my parents and my brother. And be okay. like, hey, Doctor Drew and Psycho Mike said this. Okay, and then number two, what what more can we do for you? Because uh, you know, you're you're sort of you're in the right space. Both Mike and I are saying that you know you're way ahead of the average person with this kind of a burden. Uh, and good on you for going to Al-Anon, taking care of yourself, setting your priorities. Uh, but the the one, I guess the one piece that's missing for me in all of this is is the the peace and love, so to speak. If, is that is that it's one thing to cut a loved one off when they're unmanageable and way into their disease. If you can do it still with love in your heart, which is hard when somebody's on a violent rage. Oh yeah. Not, but you, but you, but it, the best for him is if you can, you know, keep. His well-being also in mind. Is, is that Mike? Is that, that's the, yeah. that is that is one hundred percent the goal. It's 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 like uh, it's like D Day, not like the first Iraqi invasion. Yeah, there's nothing. The, you think those guys stormed the beach for because they wanted to kill and murder and violence? Yeah. No, they were doing it because they knew yeah. the overall good that was coming. There was a humanitarian movement. Now, of course, it, it got nasty, but it was it was a humanitarian ideal and. It might get nasty, you know, getting in your brother's crosshairs. He, he's, he's in a terribly violent and probably a dangerous state. But the goal here is to get him to a, a place of, of sanctity. And, and that should always be the, the prime directive, right, when you're yeah. dealing with your and brother's if you, health. If you can get him into treatment, if you can, you know, whatever you want, wherever, you know, he wants help, it's, it's there. Here, let me say this if you're going to play this for, your, especially your mom. I was going to say your parents, but especially your mom. I get it. I'm a parent. I went through it with my parents. No one wants to come to the realization that their kid has a drug problem and that their kid has potentially gone down this path. But look at it this way. Would you rather peel back, you know, peel off the Band-Aid now and deal with it or have to deal with the horrors of knowing that something really devastating happens in the future? He loses custody completely. He hurts someone. He may kill someone. He may kill himself. All these things. This is how, this is how addiction ends. It's not, it's not glorified or romanticized like it is in the movies. That is inevitably where it's going to go. And, and it so would you rather – It doesn't stay the same. Would you, exactly. It, it gets worse. Would you rather – you swallow the medicine now and just admit that your kid has a drug problem and deal with it? Or would you rather have to swallow the much bigger gulp of medicine 10 years from now when he goes on a shooting spree in the middle of, you know, be, the growth? Could be next week, too. Right. But, but, and maybe take yeah. your mom with you to an Al-Anon meeting, all right? Yeah. Yeah, and you know, I was just going to say, I just, like, 
I already kind of knew what you guys were going to say, but it was really awesome to hear you guys say it so that I can play this back to my mom, my dad, my brother. And I only have, like, one last thing. It's like, I mean, I I, I heard Dr. Drew before, like, when you handle, like, kids with parents who are addicts and stuff, like, uh, you know, I really, the part that breaks my heart the most is, like, my nephew. And, like, like, what do I say to him, like, later on down the road when we start talking well, again like two, two you're going to you be know, saying like, what you're going to be saying one of two things you're going to be saying daddy's got an illness and he's getting better and he's taking care of it and that's all the kid wants to know mm-hmm. is that he's taking care of it and getting better he doesn't care if he sees him in six days or six months he wants to know that daddy's getting better yeah. and doing taking care of it and he's taking or, care of it because he loves you. or or you're going to be saying daddy had a horrible illness it's fatal and that's what happened and all right. Th- those all are right. sort of the two things you're going to be saying to your nephew. Right? I just the way it goes. Yeah. And in either case, you got to make sure he understands nothing to do with you. It's a bad illness. And say one of these days, kids, you're really going to know how to party. <laughs> yeah. You are going to be a I'm champion. Like he joins like a punk band, gets a little bit out of control, but then like comes back with it. <laughs> Pulls like, it back together. Yeah. Not funny. All right, my friend. Thanks, Arthur. Really, really, our hearts with you and your family. It's it's tough. Very. Right, tough. It was awesome talking to you guys. Thank you so much. Right, Thanks, buddy. man. Take care. Yeah, it's that hard line. You, you you look a little breathtaking. You all right? Well, this is and this is how I fell in a love line. I'm just like <laughs> I have nothing funny to say. I don't, I'm, a, I'm an asshole. Can I say that? I'm a yeah. bad person if yeah. I uh, speak. Like I, I and I can't. I have nothing of value to say besides like good luck. And I think and I'm thinking all these like jokes I could throw in there that I'm like I got my Bill Maher moment. I thank you use, for I, not. I, well, I we have a we have a sex question next, so you can be right, funny. Thank you how for about that. that? I, I mean. I don't – maybe I have a distorted view of it because I hosted Loveline for a long time. But, like, Gallo's humor in those situations actually can be really oh, appreciated. You, you, you have know? no idea how ba- backstage the, the caretakers have to joke with themselves to, to keep their sanity. But it's, 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 if, it's different because you're – like, I have it for my own stuff I have, you know? For mm-hmm. like, but, like, like uh, it's, I think that's where Bill Maher was wrong. He made a self-deprecating joke, but he's not an African-American <laughs> yeah. person. Right. You know what I mean? His right. family weren't house <laughs> Right. Yeah. Like, that's, that's what yeah, I have. Yeah, but you made a – a Mexican joke, and you're a Mexican. Oh, but I'm racist. It's though. funny though. It's <laughs> funny racist. though. It's funny bringing that up. Is I put up a picture of my daughter and I picking strawberries yesterday, right? Yeah. <laughs> and and of course, you know, I mean, I it didn't even bother me one bit. But people are making the very kind of low hanging fruit uh, Mexican jokes about working the fields, right? And I was thinking, like, why is it that that's that's okay open season? Yeah. But can you imagine if it was like? If I had an Asian friend and he got in a car accident, you better believe it's going through my mind. I'd be like, well, but I'm not putting that on social media because I'd be like, well, who knows who reads this? Okay, I we, could really rub someone the wrong way. We got another call coming up. It's Katie. Katie, you there? Well, yeah. Hold on one second. I have to hang. Bye, Arthur. Bye, Arthur. It, Bye, Arthur. it is interesting oh. that the people who it's okay. Like uh, an Asian comedian has said this to me that Asian people are the p- only people you can make fun of without, and while they're in front of you without going, hey, is it okay if I say this? <laughs> and it's like really messed up. Yeah. I, don't know. I went to a high school that's like, like 80% Asian. So, I mean, it's very strange. But also because the inter-Asian... Racism it's is phenomenal. so funny. Right. <laughs> like you want to hear a Chinese guy talk about a Filipino, and you're just like, "Whoa, whoa!" Slow your roll. Ali Wong has a great joke about that. Uh, I forget what her ethnicity is or her husband Chinese. She, well, but she's Chinese and Vietnamese or something. She goes, "I'm oh, Korean." No, no, no. She goes, "I'm Chinese no. and Vietnamese, Vietnamese, and my husband is like Cambodian and Filipino or something." It's fantastic because we spend all of our time shitting on Koreans. <laughs> <Yeah. Yeah. laughs> so, right. Hispanic so, same way. So we have. Katie. I know they're Nicaragua versus El Salvador versus Colombia. It's all 
Lots of inter. You know this? No, I was in Japan uh, last year, and uh, I was with some people, Japanese people in the car, as you do in Japan. And then there was like all these uh, uh, people who were Asian who were just in the street, just like block, keeping the car from moving. And he goes, "Ah, oh, Chinese people." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, "What is happening?" Okay, okay, we have a caller. Okay, racism. Uh, Katie, you there? Hello. Hey, Katie. It's Hello. Uh, doc- Hi. Dr. Drew, Mike Catherwood, hey, baby. Taylor Williamson. Hi, Katie. I'm told I can make jokes during your questions. Yeah, so, so don't make any, don't pay any attention to, to Taylor. So, <laughs> Thank you. So go ahead, Katie. <laughs> What's happening? Um, uh, well, I was calling. I guess I have um, a love line question for you since Mike is there. Yes. Um, my husband and I have been married for 10 years. Um, we have, um, four kids, three together. I have a stepson. We still have a really active sex life, you know, I would say, um, you know, we managed to make it work with four kids in the house. Um, but in 10 years, I have never been able to climax with him. Um, and so I can climax on my own if I'm, you know, doing it myself, but it doesn't matter what I try with him. Um, and we've tried, I mean, I think I would like to think that we're very open like open about sex and you know we've tried lots of sex toys and um clitoral stimulation during sex and um lots of things that we can think of lots of different positions and in 10 years it just has never happened and so just to be clear and, wait hang on a second so no orgasm with oral sex um i hate oral sex and no well that's the problem <laughs> i don't like how it i don't like how it feels and he actually enjoys giving it to me and i actually really don't like how it feels Isn't at all. An unfair universe. Um, the guy who <laughs> loves munching boxes, his but, wife but, hates it. But <laughs> maybe there's a but maybe there's a technical issue here. You know what I mean? Maybe she doesn't know what's required and he doesn't know how to do what's required. You know what I mean? Have you considered divorce? That's the, yeah, that's, that's what, when I tell my when I tell my girlfriends I don't like oral sex, they usually either say there's something wrong with you or he doesn't he's not doing it he's right. He's not doing it right, yeah. And that's usually the and that's usually the two options I get, which are not good options. I don't right. like either of them. <laughs> is there any okay? Is um, there any uh, truth to maybe the fact that because you guys have made it such an issue, and it sounds like your husband's understanding and loving. I mean, he wants this for you. It doesn't. Yes. He's not like we used to take those calls on Loveline where the guy was just a dick. Or, She's or, like, or I've they, never orgasmed, yeah. but he hates when I bring my vibrator in yeah, the bed and he right. won't allow me to touch myself. And right. Like, what do you mean he won't allow you? <laughs> <Yeah>. Afghanistan, <laughs> yeah. um, but. Uh, but you're, it's not like your husband's invested in, in, in your sexual health as well. Maybe be- mentally you guys are so focused, hyper-focused that it's like killing the vibe. You Maybe. know what I mean? The, the, the anxiety no, about it. There's no kind of like organic spontaneity to the sex because you're so hyper-focused on and, – and why can't – I think for – yeah, I think that's true for me. I mean like for example, with our first child, um, we had trouble conceiving. So you know, we tried for three years to conceive our child, and you know when you're when you're um, trying to conceive and it's difficult, like sex. No, I don't know that. I'm Mexican. (laughs) I don't know. It's difficult to conceive. It becomes it becomes a a, uh, sort of a technical chore. You know, I breathe on women and they're pregnant. It it almost kind of feels like that now, where it's been ten years of unsuccess. So now it's just for me. It's like. Yeah, it kind of does take the joy out of it a little bit okay. because so that's I'm something so to pay. focused on wanting the end goal yeah. when I don't ever get there. That's something and so, to pay attention to. And then, and then yeah. what, what about doing what you do on your own with him there? That voodoo that you do? And slowly, <laughs> and slowly moving him and sort of so he can see what it is and know what that is yeah. and sort of move him into the equation. 
I mean, that's what we've been doing. Um, and honestly, it just kind of after 10 years feels kind of lonely just because I feel like I'm just masturbating in front of my husband for 10 years. You know what I right, mean? Right, right. No, no, no. I get it. So, but yeah. How so about, that's okay, how about, doing and, and he tries to get involved and sometimes I'll try and have him like touch me while I do, you know, like while I do that and stuff like that. But, yeah. um, Anytime, like anytime he's involved, and like honestly, what I usually do is kick him out of bed and say go somewhere else, and I'll just be by myself. Well, there's because the anytime problem. he's yeah. <laughs> anytime he's involved, it takes longer, and I get frustrated, and like it just well, it's, no, no, what, it's harder. What I was gonna say is that have him, you guys, next time there's a sesh. Really put aside some serious time though, like so you know the yeah. kids are all asleep or whatever, or yeah. even a weekend away, so that you know there's you can put in a couple hours. Yeah. You know, I know that sounds crazy, and it is. That's like forty sessions for me, but <laughs> but 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 to put in all the time to do ninety percent of it to stuff that isn't even like, sexual like touching, massage, massage or just quiet, just let touch him yeah. let him massage you, oils with the whole thing. Don't touch his uh, his schwanstuka, and he shouldn't touch you. <laughs> And then when it comes time to uh, for you to just do it yourself on on your own uh, apparatus, there, have him stay with you and massage your yeah. shoulders and, and kiss your ears and stuff, so that it's not so you're connected. Yeah, don't like be like, okay, honey, it's time for us to deal with the clitoris. It, touch my left leg and I'll touch my right, <laughs> and then have it be more like let's just continue the massage you're giving to me on my back while I do uh, my my business. To Sean Sugar, sure you, yeah, Susan said, Sean Sugar, so you saw. Young Frankenstein recently is that what happened? I, I, that's I, that's one of those that does not does get go away. So so a lot of seventies comedy. J- just tell to, me what you think, Taylor. It does not age well, dude. I I I, <laughs> I, I, I made a girl watch Young Frankenstein with me, and I think I ruined our relationship because <laughs> I was like, this is the greatest movie it's of an, all time. It, uh, that's enough to break up. With it's hard to sit yeah. through, but it's so good though. But it's, it's so not good. though. Colin, <laughs> Colin Quinn says that he uh, judges a relationship by what, how. The girl's reaction to Confederacy of Dunces. If she reads it and says, I didn't get it, dumped immediately. Or, so, or if so, he cheats on her on his honeymoon. <laughs> there's that. So, so I want to make sure we're not missing something, uh, Katie, which is you, you, have no, you have a sexual trauma history of any type? Um, no, I don't have no any sexual trauma or anything like that. Any, ab- any abandonment? Yeah. Wait, hold a second. Oh, we you- got married when I was um, very young. How I old? was 19, so yeah. he is the only person like I've ever had sexual experiences with that's why um, that's a big factor yeah that's a deal yeah and then, and then bad, any abandon no no it's a, it's by no means a negative but that definitely it, it, it's a much easier solution when a girl says i've never been able to achieve orgasm at 30 with my husband of two years uh before i met him i was getting anally railed and i could have work <laughs> i was squirting and stuff you know it's just it, there's a big difference when you yes, have like that yes. kind of that he, adaptation. If he were to hear that podcast, he would step outside and shoot him. <laughs> so, 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 just FYI. Uh, but but so any abandonment issues for you? I'm trying to see if there's any intimacy block here. So go ahead. Um, you mean like um, like with family issues? Probably. Like, yeah. I mean, like my, I wasn't. I wasn't. I didn't have a wonderful childhood. What happened? You know, nothing. Nothing sexually, but um, I was raised in a really violent childhood. I have a mother who's severely bipolar and a dad like, like they were fighting in my house constantly. Like cops were at our house constantly. Um, my dad would go away for months at a time or weeks at a time. And so that, that's, um, the aban- that's the abandonment. You know. So there's, a, yeah, there's abandonment so like, and and domestic violence, both very troubling for kids when they're growing up, mm-hmm. and it, it's highly associated with anxiety type disorders. 
And I'm wondering if some individual therapy might not help for you, some trauma therapy to sort of ecstasy hook you back up again. No, no, no. Well, some people have okay. used that, but but I, I, I honestly, because some of this is sort of a block, right? And we got to get your sort of system regulating all. What what Mike has advocated for you is a great idea, and I would go down that path. Ecstasy? No, 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 no. The, the, <laughs> massage, the massage, the massage, the massage, everything. But if that doesn't work, then really, Ecstasy. you know that that. It leaves a mark on people being uh, sort of not just abandoned, but also being witness to domestic violence when they're waking, when they're growing up. They, the uh, aphorism that the the, the re- not researchers but male health professionals use is that the uh, guys become warriors and the girls become warriors when oh, they've been nice. exposed to this stuff. Am so I a girl? Is that what you're saying? No, you're just Jewish. Wait, you just, just <laughs> <laughs> an Ashkenazi Jew become warriors. Oh, okay. But hey, Katie, also on top of that, like seriously, like your dad just going away for months at a time. It's don't proud. normalize that. Yeah, that's, that's insane that's, levels of abandonment. Yeah. I can't imagine my parents were just like, "Yeah, you'll be good." Yeah. Now don't so don't <laughs> don't um don't minimize that. Yeah. You you you've been through a lot and and I don't mean that to say like, "Oh, you're broken." What I'm saying is like be kind to yourself. Also, uh you had four kids in a decade. Yeah, that's way intense. <laughs> yeah. Physically, that's hard on you. Yeah. Emotionally, I, I I can't even. Imagine. I have one kid. I can barely hold it together. Um. So what you've yeah. been through at a very young age, uh, is tremendous. Maybe it's just that you just you and your husband both need a breather. You yeah. Just, uh, emotionally, spiritually, psychologically, just like hey, hold each other's hand and say like, we gotta press the reset button on our on our emotional state because four kids in a decade. At, at 29, by the way, yeah, that's held the husband. Um, well, I'm I'm 30. He's 31. Okay. All right. Well, listen, yeah. Katie. I hope some of that helps. I really appreciate you contacting yeah. us. It's nice to flex these muscles again with Mike around. Yeah. Uh, I think I helped a lot. Well, Taylor. Yeah, but I, I might have one more quick question for just Katie because no, for, for another caller, but. Oh. Katie was amazing. Yeah, Katie, yes. thanks so much, and uh, you know, keep us posted. Thank okay. you. Right, you sound you very hot too. I don't know if that helps. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Mike. So thanks. speak. Thanks, thanks, Katie. So you were also going. We're going to tell us about tell Taylor your situation with your mom and oh, your personal habits. My, I grew up in right, right close to here. Whether the Pasadena. dog is dog is farting it up big time. Oh, if you guys <laughs> thanks for sharing. Yeah. Um, you know what I love about dogs is that they, you know, I was watching the NBA Finals. Elite athletes have a have a basketball face, or guys. Eddie Van Halen has a guitar face. When you're doing something intense, they like, dogs. The same face they use when they're sitting on your lap cutting farts is the same <laughs> face the guy the dogs on ESPN two at three in the morning yeah. when they're leaping off a yeah. off a, a bridge to catch a frisbee. It's the same face. They're just like stone faces. Like, Watch me leap. <laughs> it's so funny. But um, I like that dogs require you to announce that there was a fire in the room. Too. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, taking, it's taking my breath away. I'm, I'm well, when he lays in that position, it usually yeah, means it's he's aiming very right towards me. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I my mom. Uh, I grew up pretty close here in like a really old house and. There was no, uh, there's no locks on the doors, so my mom would just walk in on me beating off in the in my bathroom so much that I just instead of being embarrassed, I would start yelling at her. Like it got to the point that I'd be like, "Listen, mom," I had this conversation with my mom. I was probably like 17. I said, "Listen, if the door is closed on my bathroom and I'm in there for more than one minute, I'm shitting or I'm beating off." 
<laughs> Either way, you are not welcome. So just go ahead and just take that as a sign. This poor mom's coming in with towels. towels you know? it's like, she's like, ah! oh, sorry, honey. And again, my mom's like 4'11". But this but, little... but you start screaming Aww. at her? Yeah, I'd be like, what the fuck, mom? <laughs> oh, God, you scared I'm fucking the dog. beating off, mom. I'm seriously, I'd be like. <laughs> my dad be downstairs like, <laughs> just laughing. <laughs> okay, so we have Taylor on the line. Okay, Taylor, you there? I'm right here. Yeah. Hey, Taylor, th- thanks for getting with us. Very with. funny, Taylor. Same name, humor. That's what's happening. Oh. Fascinating. And hockey, too, you know. Oh, and, and I'm a hockey player, too. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, Bob is in oh, no. a hockey game today. Oh, right. Okay, Taylor, what's up? Uh, yeah, so I'm doing a hockey camp uh, up in Baylor in a couple of weeks, and I was wondering if I could get some advice from you guys. Uh, like, if there's such a thing as too much protein powder or sports drink while I'm doing that, or how old, you, how old are you? Advice for not dying. Uh, 26, 27. Our basic advice, I'm channeling my inner mic here, is that at 26, you shouldn't eat anything other than a... Lots of water. Lots of water, yeah. a carefully balanced diet. Uh, but how okay. much, you know, he could do creatine. I'm not sure he should do that. Uh, you know what I mean? I'm not, I mean, I, I, can't, I can't reasonably say don't, but yeah. at the same time, it's not. It's certainly not crucial. The protein um, powder isn't going to do much of anything. I'm sure they feed you. Yeah. You uh, just eat, eat more protein, more food. Your body will convert what it converts. Uh, is there too much protein powder? Well, protein's not great for your kidneys over long periods of time. Yeah, but they've done they've done studies that show it's not that, that, that big was, a deal. And, I know. The, the real damaging kidneys they did on were like sick people. Right. It's not we, we, buff twenty six year olds. Well, here's what we've no, we've noticed that in people with end stage renal disease, yeah. we can hasten their demise by burdening the kidney with protein. Mm-hmm. So they extrapolated back and said, therefore, it must be bad for kidneys, and that's been in the vapors forever. Wait, really demanding things like hockey, especially you know if you're going to go hours and hours a day, two or three sessions a day, Fluids, like at a camp. Um, the, the demands for your body are certainly high, but they're much different than a hypertrophy athlete, meaning someone who's building muscle. That's their main goal: a fitness athlete, a bodybuilder, something like that. So people oftentimes they make a big mistake, especially young athletes, a young football player, a young hockey player, a young uh, endurance athlete makes the mistake of taking diets from Flex Magazine, thinking right. that that's appropriate. And the reality is the only people who need one, two, three grams of protein per pound of body weight are people who are trying to gain muscle cells. And that's not what you're doing in and, a, in and a hockey And even then, camp. at your age, you could probably eat carbohydrates and build it just as well. I mean, right. your, yeah. your body will – your body, your testosterone will put it towards muscle. Make sure you get plenty of water. If you want, even pack some electrolytes. You know, that hydrolyte. That stuff hydrolyte I'm using is – I'm a big advocate for is for fluid replacement. It's great. So are they the out. fizzy pu- pills? Yeah, there they hold up. There is right yeah, there. That's that's the jam. Any yeah. those, those fizzy? Uh, what do they call that when it's fizzy? There's a word for it. Um, effervescent. Effervescent. Uh, effervescent. Effervescent. Uh, CV. Yeah. Um, <laughs> effervescent um, tablets. There's there's this right there. Uh, electrolytes yeah. is a, is a really good yeah. idea. Yeah. For for athletes. I remember people calling into Loveline and you get mad when they'd be like, "I'm trying to gain weight." And you just be like, eat lots of food, eat lots of eat lots of peanut butter sandwiches. Yeah, leave me alone. That's sort of what we would do, right? Remember? Well, what? I also people, the same people who they say, no, you don't understand. I eat so much, I can't gain any weight. They're lying. They don't know what eating a lot is. Yeah, are the same people who go. Uh, I had this guy email me the other day. He's like, I'm eating. I'm, I'm you know, 250 pounds at five six. I need to lose a lot of weight. But I've been following a 1500 calorie a day diet for the last. And I go, no, you haven't. No, you haven't. Trust me. You, uh, every, everyone, even elite athletes, grossly underestimate their caloric intake and grossly overestimate their output. In, in. People be like, oh, I burned about 1,200 calories at the gym. I go, no, you didn't. <laughs> 1,200 calories is a very hard hour-long row, a very hard hour-long row. Yeah. That two, 215 and, uh, for yeah, every 500 get, if you, meters. If you get five or 600 calories an hour, you're doing yeah. okay. And, and so 
I always like have to deal with it on either of two ends. I get the 17 year old football players like I eat like crazy. I just can't get any weight. I go, no, no, no. Eat like crazy means you're on the verge of vomiting four all, times a day. All, all the time. Yeah. yeah. That's what I tell them. I say to eat to your vomit all the time. And deadlift and squat, like those are your best friends. So they're like, what do you bench, bro? I go, it doesn't matter. Yeah, but that's not, a, that's not a smartest answer. Eat till you're you you. No, that we mean it. We mean because because the, the people who really have trouble gaining weight don't eat a lot. Yeah, they really don't. Ectomorph- or need to eat even tremendous more. ectomorphs. That's yeah. what they call it when you're when you're super skinny. You can't yeah. gain weight. That's a that's a thing. But they they all they'll be like three square meals. They're like you. I eat like crazy. I was like no no no. Like everything you drink is whole milk. That's what I mean. And every time you drink it, maybe add a little ha- heavy cream. <laughs> eat eat yeah, a bucket yeah. of fried chicken to wash it down. Like that's it, what you got to do it, when you're that guy. Yeah. All right, listen, Taylor, we got to go. Uh, Mike, thank you for uh, sitting for oh, Bob. There. It's been fun. Should we yeah. say goodbye to the caller? Yeah, thank him for. Bye, coming. Taylor. Thank you so much for calling. Bye, Appreciate Tim. it. Thanks bye for having thanks me. Thanks a lot. You guys live. Bye, you live, bye, bye, straight Taylor. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I'm straight. Taylor. What? What? No. Um, uh, I'm this? not. Is this is the Clay Aiken thing. Is this it's thing just on? like. Oh God! Can we? This got to be. So, uh, I'll be Ruben Stuttered. Can I be? Did he no, win? Oh, is he dead? You can be Michelle Kwan. Can I be? I'll be. Does she get second place? Michelle Kwan. Yeah. She's or or, or uh, Nancy Kerrigan. It's got to be a better option than like uh, Michelle Kwan. I mean, respect to her; she's a wonderful. But like, I'm a man, you know. No second place. But she was a huge you, star. The, the best second place, America and Vietnam. The, the point. The point <laughs> That's is the best second place ever, right? The I mean, point uh, is that I mean, you, you, America not having won America. that did not prevent you from having a thriving career. Very important. You're so you're so kind and supportive. Thank you. Sure. Hey, yeah. I was really excited you won because I I chose you like, way early when it was yeah. you were in the top ten. Right? I was so excited when you messaged me too. I, I know. Had a tweet. I was a big fan. You guys in the not p- anymore though. Not <laughs> <at all>. <laughs> <laughs> I don't watch TV as much anymore. But I'm you may too have busy been working. you may have been number two on America's Got Talent. You're number one in my heart. Really? Yeah. Really so, so, and for me, you have to watch all three episode nine of, uh, of uh, Orange is the New You're Black. You're such a pompous dick. You're just like, oh, it's not episode nine. I go, oh god, a year before I get there. No, just binge it. Drew says, like, <laughs> where do you think I have nine hours on my hand to binge how, it? How, when did we start? We we gone pretty quickly through it. I know least. your kids are twenty five. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. you, you just have that ability. You're right. You work because nine hundred hours a day for two days a week. No, they were the they were the ones they were the ones. Pushing the binge, too. Yeah. There, so. I'll have to start season one. That's like seven years of my life. Oh, well. Uh, I don't know about that. But I'm, I'm happy a, That's a you. task. I hear it's a great show. It is. It's well written. I was at pa- Jason Biggs was at the Passover I went to. And he's not Jewish. God, I, I, didn't, I forgot that he was even in the series. He was at the Did, very beginning. Is Jenny Mullen Jewish? What was he doing at a Passover? This is a very random. It's just a family this friend or LA yeah. show. But it's, uh, no, uh, this stupid LA stuff. But like his, his wife's... Sister married a Jewish guy. I love, I love Jenny. I, she's she's like so cool. I love her. But he's the because Gary Marshall passed away. That everyone was saying that he's the most famous non-Jewish Jewish-looking guy alive <laughs> right now. He is quite Jewy for a non-Jew. But he's like, he's like, yeah, I am. Like, yeah, Gilbert's up. I mean, Gilbert's very. Oh, he's a Jewish. Is he? Oh, come on, Gilbert Gottfried. Yeah, I'm thinking yeah. of someone who's like you're like. How is? It? Oh, Corolla. <laughs> Corolla's very. Where you're like, really, you're not. That's where the Gilbert thing came in. Was the, Italian. Was the weightlifter the guy who's Jewish, right? I don't know. The guy with his family is the, the uh, drug addicts and the, oh. the attack. 
No, it's your joke. My favorite thing on Loveline forever was you guys would be like, someone call him the craziest thing, and you'd be like, Jewish, right? Yeah, oh, no, it's Adam. <laughs> That's Adam. No, he'd go, he'd go, you did it sometime. Well, maybe I'm well, recalling it. Is, it is worth doing. And, and people are like, well, dude, it's so racist. No, it's not. Stop. <laughs> guy calls up, he's like, um, I got three kids, like by like five. Um, about five and, different and, women. And Adam and like, would go like, Jewish? <laughs> Mr. Goldstein? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, don't, I don't hardly ever meet any uh, Jewish alcoholic addicts. I, I just not. They're addicts. They don't get alcoholism. It's weird. That's overeaters a lot. Right? Food, pills. That's, really? Yep. And, and pot sometimes, too. Uh, but surprising because I, I mean, I go to meetings and I, you just well, they're they're it's a it's a weird, interesting subset. But like the Chabad house is all right. Is that what it is? Chabad, it's all Jewish. It's designed. It was established originally for you know by the rabbi, mm. but it treats all all comers now. What's the matter? Oh, I didn't know that Chabad. Oh, I knew Chabad, but I didn't know that they did. Uh, there are things like that. Yeah, it's good. No, I love All right, guys. Good shish about. We got to go. Scientology so let's, has. Let's uh, throw I got out invi- our. I got invited to Narconon meeting once. Ooh, I'm sorry. That's all. Well, well, I don't want to leave. I'm sorry. Try, let's, hot, I know we chick. don't want you to leave. Super, yeah, yeah, we I gotta, I gotta do two hours like Loveline, but um, super hot chicks. So <laughs> where do we where do we find everybody at Mike Catherwood? At Mike Catherwood on all social media formats, and at Doctor Drew, and uh, at Taylor Comedy, basically, whatever. And you know. I'm First Lady of Love, and also go to drdrew.com and find all the podcasts that we offer, and and if you just can't find something, go there. You can probably find it. Yeah, we get on the contact list, email us. We'll try to accommodate everybody. You're in the top three coolest tailors in show business, for sure. Taylor Swift? No, he's way ahead of Taylor Swift. (laughs) Taylor Swift may be more successful. He's way cooler. Really? Taylor Hawkins is cooler than you. Oh, I mean, come on. Who's Taylor Hawkins? <laughs> He's a drummer for the Foo Fighters. Oh, sorry. He was a drummer oh, for yeah. Lannis. All right, guys. We got to go. Wrap this Join up. The Foo Fighters. Uh, okay, I want to thank our friends for the Integrity Care Card. It's a brilliant idea. and We're going to hear a little more from them. It's, a, again, a way you can uh, give somebody support financially, but control and monitor how they use that money. Give it's them a, a very, credit card. Yeah, they can't buy alcohol or go to uh, ATMs or bars. Just a brilliant idea. All right. It really is. We'll see you next time. Lately, I've been waiting for you to come around. I've been wishing, fishing for somebody, dishing what you're talking, friend. And it's 3 a.m. Despite the whiskey, I've always been risky and big. Trust me, you'll see. I'm not the kind of guy to give life a half try. And if you went back in time with me, there's ghosts and there's secrets, but you don't need to hear this. So let's stick with the spirit for now. Lately, I've been waiting for you to come around. I've been wishing, fishing. Somebody dishing what you're talking, friend And it's half past 3 a.m. And it wasn't her age, her ass Hazel or Sage Or the way she plays the games you think she plays It's not about her hair Blind, long, black as an early dawn Or town she's from anymore No, 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 I'll take it as a sign